And now, the Internet's favorite podcast, podcast-rated with your hosts, Brad and Caleb. I was trying to figure out, I went on Facebook and I have this Facebook, Facebook purity thing. Mm-hmm. And it'll tell you if somebody unfriended you. And one popped up, and I clicked on something, and then it went away, and I'm trying to bring it back, and I can't figure it out. I want to know who unfriended me on Facebook. I remember installing one of those back, like, after college, and Facebook did everything they could to try to suppress any of those extensions that showed you who was unfriending you. Yeah. And I remember it it worked once, (laughs) so I'm like, her? What's her problem with me? Well, I guess I haven't seen her in, like, three years. Okay. A lot of times, it'll pop up with somebody because somebody deactivated their Facebook account. It's like nine times out of ten, that's what happens because... That might be more common these days, actually. Yeah. Not necessarily that they're going away, but they need to deactivate it for a little while because they're looking for a job or something. Oh, yeah. Um, Wait, right there. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Let's see here. I think my lineup should be fine. No, I don't want to enter a daily contest. (laughs) Now it's like, you're not going to make the playoffs, but you can still join the daily contest. (laughs) Uh, I think my team is good. I checked it yesterday. Freaking, yeah, we're good. Mari Cooper and Des Bryant are probable. Yeah. Travis Klee, Kelsey, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Probable. I'm not playing this week anyway. Um, I'm playing the 10th place team, and I'm in 9th place. So. TJ, Hells, oh. Le'Veon Bell. Yes. Is that Tim Rundstrom or is that somebody else? That's Tim Rundstrom. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought so, but because sometimes he calls himself TJ. Well, you know, let me look at who else is in this league. Um, me, my coworker, Dustin, his wife, and his dad all have teams. I was really scrounging to find to fill out the mm-hmm. league. Yeah. You, Timmy, your brother, uh, my coworker, um, uh, what's his fucking Brian. Um, Dustin is I am error. Mm-hmm. Couch City Sunday is another coworker. That's Carp Scott Carpenter, and then Josh is another coworker biologist. And he has made like one move all year, two moves. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I underestimated him. He's two. six and seven. Yeah, he's six and seven for doing that too. <laughs> yeah, I see that two moves. So, so it's been I I fantasy football is a lot about a lot more about luck than fantasy baseball is. And if you look at my points against. That explains why I'm doing so terribly. Because my points for is actually, uh, I have more than everybody in the league except your brother. And yeah, 1268, but you've given up 1313. Yeah, yeah. Matchup. that's matchup. I wish maybe I should have drafted a better defense. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So that's why you need like a roto league or whatever. Yeah, that would have done me a lot better instead of this head-to-head stuff. Mm-hmm. So. That's okay. It's not. It's really not worth anything. So. No, I mean, there's no money involved in this, and then I'm not going to change the playoffs. I don't really care at this point. I'm okay. still, I'm still playing, but it doesn't yeah, really I'm, matter. I'm trying. How many moves did I have? Okay, eleven moves. All right. Eleven moves, and you're in uh, fourth place. Yeah, you're you're already seated for the playoffs. So. Yeah, I feel good. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll be fine. Beat my brother last week in this league, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can cool up all over that. Yeah. Um. I might go hang out with him later. We'll see if he's going to watch the Bills game. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Well, 
Welcome to the podcast, rated everybody. <laughs> We're back. Come on in. Yeah, come on in. How's everybody doing? Sorry. You're, you're every six week podcast. Let me uh, dust off the microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll keep this quick. And then you can get back to your trudgery of your life, your daily monotony. Mm, um, mm-hmm. uh, I call this podcast to order because I have an announcement to make. Uh-oh. Uh I've decided to join the Padres. Uh, Brad, you are already a member of the Padres, correct? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay. Uh, How long have you been on the Padres for? Uh, you know, five years or four and a half years or so. Is that what you're like, talking about? That's what I'm talking about, yes. I'm joining the ranks of Dave Winfield, Tony Gwynn, and uh, Bud Black, and other guys, and announcing my Padrehood. I guess. So. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Yeah, For those of you that are trying to decipher what the hell Caleb's talking about and you listen to the show and you don't know, uh, you should know. But uh, yeah, Caleb, they're having a baby. Yeah, we're having a baby. So, And we've told the family, we've told close friends, some people. If I, someone asked, like my coworkers know, we're going to do a Christmas card this year and tell everybody, you know. Like what you do. Yeah. And um, uh, so I guess I'm moving to the other side. Right. Yeah. For a long time, you're like, you're the next one. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, I'm not going to. It's the most obvious choice because you guys, like, have a house and you have, you know, jobs that pay money. You guys mm-hmm. are solid. You've been married for, like, five years. and Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like you would definitely be the next one. <laughs> exactly. Well, who's next after me? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. That's man. a great question. Um, Tim. Tim, yeah, I think you're right, actually. That that makes, they're married, they have the, yeah, they're on a career track, everything like yes, that. exactly. They got their things going on. Yeah, and sounds like, I mean, I talked to him recently up at Tino's, and so I, he didn't mention anything specifically about it, but yeah. I could see it happening in the near future. So... We were, we were all at that age, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, it's generations crazy. are turning over. So, but yeah, so I um uh, we had an ultrasound on Wednesday, and they looked at it and it was like you're at 14 weeks, and um so that means the due date is June 8th, and I, you know, you can't tell the gender from the this ultrasound, and I don't think we're gonna find out the gender if we can help it, <laughs> but I. Um, showed the the ultrasound to my brother, and he's like, "Well, that looks like a nutsack down there." And I'm like, "No, that's a foot." They said that was a foot. It looks like a nutsack to me. So, if it was a nutsack, it's a pretty big nutsack. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the kid's like forty percent nutsack. <laughs> that's like, the first thing to develop in there. We have to do a C-section because uh, the nutsack's just not going to fit through. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so I want to know what the um pregnancy process was like for you but i don't you don't have to talk about the beginning of it obviously but like yeah the anticipatory nature and the timing and everything involved because you went through it twice i did and the thing about it for me was it came the first time it really didn't affect me very much uh bethany was taking a lot more naps so i had a lot more free time mm-hmm. but realistically until the actual birth like, my life didn't change. Everything was the same for me. And 
a lot of the, so it was on, obviously it was on Bethany's mind every second of the day because she was pregnant and she was carrying around the kids. So all these preparations and all these things that had to be done were not, didn't seem like a priority to me because nothing changed to me. My wife had a larger stomach and I knew there was a kid coming, but to me, I was still just hanging out, sleeping in, staying up late, eating whatever, going wherever. It didn't matter to me. It didn't make a difference until the day of that she was born. So yeah. you'll probably find that too, where you're, you're still in the mindset of, you know, I'm going to have a child in June, but, yeah. um, right now I don't. So everything's completely the same. Yeah. Like yesterday I went for a bike ride. I went for a run this morning. I was cleaning up the yard and just, you know, sitting reading a book, not even thinking about it really that much. We went out with friends yeah. for a birthday party last night, yeah. which was weird. Cause we went to a place where they have, it was, it's like a wine bar, but they had beer and like they didn't have anything non-alcoholic at all, which yeah. is the, really the only thing that affected anything for the night. Mm. But other than like, I'm not cooking food for my wife cause she, it, nothing is appealing to her right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I go to her doctor's appointments and so I've been going to the doctor more often. Um, mm. nothing's really changed yet. And I hear it's kind of like this for most guys to be quite honest yeah. the first time around. Where yeah, like, sure. you're scared, you, you know nothing until the day that the kid actually shows up. Right, right, right. That's, so, yeah, you're experiencing that. That will continue. I, I am fully confident of that. Yeah. Um, what's great is when you finally get to feel him or her kick. That's fun. Oh, yeah. That's when it, that's when it kind of becomes a little more real. And you're like, wow, it's really right there. It's right there. <laughs> you know, we're, it's in the same room as us, but like, you know, it's not. Um, yeah. Inside. Well, we did the ultrasound, and in the ultrasound, um, you could see the baby moving and kicking around a little bit, but not yet, like, kicking her womb, kicking the stomach, but, like, you could see him or her moving in there, yeah. which to me was like, whoa, mm-hmm. we did that. And then they uh, went over the heart, and you could see the heart beating through the yeah, ultrasound. Yeah, flashing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you could see this flashing, and then they could, like, they ran some program, and they said, oh, the heartbeat is whatever, that's healthy. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. And then they looked at the ovaries, and then they like looked at her bladder or something. I forget why. Like she she had to pee the whole time. Apparently, when you do an ultrasound, you have to have yes. a full bladder. Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah, so, that's uh. I remember that being a <laughs> that, being, <laughs> that being a thing. That being a problem. Yeah. Um. The ultrasounds I remember were really trivial because you actually get to see him or her right there, and it's it's kind of a big moment, you know. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. There it is. And I feel like, I mean, the rest of the doctor's appointments are going to be pretty much just, um, you know, making sure nothing's wrong with the baby, nothing's wrong with mom, everyone's healthy. And there's going to be another ultrasound in there, I think, in six weeks where we could figure out the gender if we really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while, I get this weird inkling of like, oh, there's going to be a person next year that I created or I helped to create. That's yeah. really weird. Yeah. And I'm going to look at this kid and be like, that's half me. Yeah. Wow. That, the, like, you know, me and my next door neighbor, if we took half of our genetics and we combined them and made a new person, that'd be really weird. Not saying we do that, but oh, I decided to do that with my wife. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. It, it's a bizarre realization that this is what happens <laughs> for, you know, what? seven billion times in the last hundred years. But yeah, 
Yeah, it's crazy because, like, what I was thinking about, too, with pregnancy and with uh, childbirth, and, like, literally everybody on Earth that has ever existed has came into the world this way. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone. There's and, no like, exception. It seems to work all the time, so, you know, there's all these, like, fears, like, something's wrong. Yeah, well, you, you know what? It, it's worked a lot. <laughs> it's pretty effective. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> um, what was I going to say next was, um, oh yeah, what's real, what's real great when, when he or she finally is here and you can like look into their face and you see you or Megan, whoever that it, he or she looks more like. Yeah. You'll see you in there. I'm sure you will. And, uh, that's just the weirdest thing because you, they're just like, and as they grow, like Evelyn, she's four and a half, and she does all these things that I do. She's like an antagonist, <laughs> and, she's, and she's, you know, doesn't want to pick up her toys, and like, well, that's pretty common with kids, but mm-hmm. still, it's, I'm like, man, that's, she's my daughter. Where'd she get that from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really like, what do you see when you look at your kids? They're like, oh, they look like me. What, like, what specifically do you see? Well, like when Miles' smile, I can see he looks, he looks like, I think he looks like a combination of me and Matt. He looks like a little Pirella boy, but a lot of, most of the time, he looks like a little Jarvie boy. He looks like Matt Jarvie, to be honest. Uh, absolutely. I can see that. Totally. <laughs> yep. But I can see me and him, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Evelyn, I think, the more she's getting older, the more I think she looks like my mom. Oh, really? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Because yeah. they say that about us, too. The older we get, the more we look like our parents. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so, um, I, I know nothing about raising a kid. Absolutely nothing. I have nieces and nephews, and they're all a bit older now. And so I asked Megan a list of, like, stuff we have to buy. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to run through it really quick with you to, real, to understand whether these things are legitimate or not. Because okay. I have no idea. All right. Yeah. A crib. Do you need a crib? You need a crib. Um, probably you wouldn't even need one immediately, depending on what you're going to do. But we didn't put either of our kids into a crib. I don't even think we did it right a, for a while. Okay. What do you do if you don't have a crib? Like- well, we had, I know for sure we had with Miles, we had this pack and play that had this bed thing on top of it. Okay. That he slept in. And I'm pretty sure both kids slept in the pack and play. like in it, So they were only maybe four or five inches deep into the thing. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen it sort of like sits on top of it and it's yeah. a little deep, but not very deep at all. Cause the pack and play is like an actual crib, but yeah. that thing's like very shallow, like a little shallow basin on the top. So to speak. Yes, yeah. And that's what they slept in. And they slept in our room, at least miles in for sure. Slept in our room when he was a newborn and for the first several months, mm-hmm. it's hard to remember now exactly how sleeping went when they were, when they were brand new, to be honest. Well, they slept most, that, most of the time, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, okay. they sleep all the time. I remember that for sure. I'm trying to remember where they slept, though. If they, I know Miles was in our room for a long time so that he wouldn't disturb Evelyn when she was sleeping. Yeah, because we only had two, you know, one extra bedroom. They still share a bedroom. That was, you know, two dwellings ago. But um, uh, yeah. So a crib, you will need it. But we, I remember, we didn't get a crib for a couple months. Okay, and they can sleep in that little thing pretty much until they can get out of it on their own. That's the problem. Oh, no, let me change that thing now, because I remember building the crib like two weeks before Abby was born. Uh-huh. We have pictures of us building the crib. So I don't remember. And the crib may have been in our room, and then Miles slept on the pack and play because Evelyn was still in the crib. Oh, okay. All right. And then she moved to a big girl bed shortly after, or a little while after. That mm-hmm. could have been it. Yeah, sure. Okay. But yeah, get a crib. 
Um, yeah, we're we're still trying to figure out where this kid is going to sleep because I we have three bedrooms. One is our bedroom, and one is kind of Megan's room slash the guest bedroom, and there's a futon in there. Mm-hmm. And then there's another room which is my office, which is where I am right now. And it's like full of tiger stuff and music instruments. It's totally a dude room. Yeah. Um, man cave, so to speak. But it's like, are we going to combine our two rooms and <laughs> put, like, because if we'd want to have the kid upstairs with us, I would yeah, assume. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to combine our two rooms then and then give the kid this other room upstairs? But we really don't know what we're going to do yet about that. And part yeah, of it is like, we just kind of want to move too. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. That might well, fix that the problem. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might make sense. That might be. That's like, uh, though, that's like, um, I'm trying to think of like, like, totaling a car because it needs new tires. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I understand that we can very easily make it happen. We're going to have to sacrifice a little bit in order to get this to happen. And we can use, yep. like, I can, Megan can put some of her yarn in storage or whatever it is. But, yeah, it, you'll make it work, I'm sure, and you'll understand what's more important. Yeah, you'll definitely not want to. You, you're probably, I'm assuming, because I remember your the room you're in now is not really. It's directly below the bedrooms, right? That's right. So, yeah. yeah, that's probably not going to work out for you. You're going to want the him or her upstairs for that's, sure. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. Okay. Next on the list, changing table. Is that important? Changing table is essential. Yes. We uh, what we did is we have a dresser that we have put a changing like pad on top of the dresser. Mm-hmm. So that was like a multi-purpose thing instead of just having a, like a changing That's table cool. that takes up room. So okay. you can combine things like that. Like if you have a dresser, like a, like a, like a you know, like a three foot high, four foot high dresser, okay. you could put a, a changing pad on top of, then you have a dual purpose thing and you're not taking up so much room. Okay. Um, a slinger carrier. I'm guessing that's pretty important. I'm yeah. very important. That's uh, talk to Bethany. <laughs> she is the expert on baby carriers and baby wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she will. She's a huge advocate for it. Uh, she's explained it all to me and why it's important. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna want to get stuff done with two hands. That's what I thought and, too. Yeah. And the baby's gonna want to sleep and probably might want to sleep on you a lot. So you probably have to strap them up so you can do stuff. Yeah, that's perfectly fine with me. I'm I'm down with that as long as the baby's not like. Super heavy, which I wouldn't expect it to be. So you'll find that carrying kids, you'll you'll all of a sudden have way more strength and stamina to carry them around than you ever realized, because all of a sudden you realize how important it is. Oh sure, yeah, I can get that. Uh, a stroller, I think that's pretty important. <laughs> yes and no. If you're gonna be carrying, if you're gonna be baby wearing, yeah, you might not need the stroller. Might not even need a stroller, really. Mm-hmm. Some kids hate strollers. Some kids will just, you put them in there and they just fall asleep and they love it. Both, neither of my kids ever slept in a stroller. They always were wide awake and enjoying the ride, but mm-hmm. we had, we, we have two strollers right now. Mm-hmm. Probably. We can probably talk about the one if you're interested. Maybe. Yeah. Cause so we, we got a nice one. I talked to, we never use it. One of my buddies has a running stroller. Mm-hmm. He goes out jogging with the kid, but he said it was like three, four hundred bucks. Something mm-hmm. like he splurged on it so he could do that. And that's something I would consider because I love running, and I wonder if a kid would want to go out for something like that. I'm not sure. Not a newborn, I'm sure, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how. I see. I have no idea how that works. But it's like, how old could I take a kid out? You know, like how how old does a kid have to be where you can take him out in public? How much would I expect them to fuss if we go here, go there? How long can we have them out for? Well, that's all trial and error, too. I mean, we took Evelyn to IHOP on, like, day four. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
that was the first excursion out was the IHOP. And I've only been back like once since, but, uh, um, I mean, that depends on uh, a lot of factors. When a, when a baby is a newborn, you're going to find like, they're just going to sleep. So let's just take them in the carrier and the little car seat and just go wherever we need to go. And it's really not going to be that big of a deal. Um, but you'll, yeah, you'll find, you know, it's a trial and error when you realize you try something and it didn't work. Like I remember when Evelyn was five months old. I tried to take her to a Predators preseason hockey game because we had free tickets, and it lasted about five minutes because she started screaming her head off because of the sensory overload. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm like, not yet. <laughs> try again in a year. How does that feel? Because I've, I've gone to many baseball games where there's, like, the young family of four, and they got two toddlers, and then they make it to the fifth inning. And oh, yeah. it's not that the kids are screaming. They're just kind of done, and they leave. That's what it is for us. When we go to the Nashville Sounds game, I haven't seen a complete baseball game with my kids yet. Mm-hmm. Just because games, well, it's bedtime. It's the sixth inning. We better go. Oh, okay. You know? And then you're in for a world of hurt if you keep them up after this. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna. It's only going to get worse. They'll start breaking down and crying and screaming. And you just got to go. Yeah. I mean, attending sporting events with children, I've found, has, has been a very unsatisfying experience. Oh, interesting. Because they don't sit still and they just run around. They don't want to sit and focus on anything. Yeah, they don't care about what's going on in the field or the ice or whatever. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, they made it through the. We Last weekend, we went down to Huntsville and saw the your Northern Michigan University Wildcats play against the Chargers of Alabama Huntsville. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn was great. She made it through. She was into it. She was having fun with Miles, like. Three minutes into the game, just wanted to snuggle on our shoulders and oh yeah, <laughs> more interested in popcorn and pretzels and walking back and forth between the two of us and not sitting still. But yeah. that's just a product of Miles and Evelyn too. They're just two different kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Evelyn was great, so I realized that now I, I can take her anywhere to anything because she's four and a half. Yeah, that's great. Uh, she, uh, and at least Miles didn't scream his head off or anything like that. He was he tolerated yeah. it, so to speak, or you tolerated exactly. what he did. He put up with it, yeah. Okay, which is weird because he's the one who's like all into hockey, but I he's know, not quite right. yet at the age where he's going to understand what's going on. Exactly, he okay. just knows. He knows the teams. He knows the game. He knows the shoot the puck and score, and you, you hug people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> puck in net. He doesn't know about the intricacies of the icing rules or the two line plat pass or anything like that yet. No, yeah, not even. Yeah, he's like, like that. That was a boarding. That wasn't you know a charge. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a check from behind. <laughs> Uh, car seat. I think we need a car seat. I think that's required. That's required by law. Required by law. And, and that brings up the question of, am I still going to have a truck? I don't really know. Because um, my wife's car has a little bit of age to it. My truck's two-seater, and that's mm-hmm. it. And you can strap a baby seat into it, but it'd be just me and the baby. Okay. And um, so we have to discuss that. Because my truck is not the favorite thing in the world for me. There's yeah. a lot of little things I don't like about it. And so yeah. I am not tied. I'm not, I've had trucks. I'm not a truck guy and I'm not tied to having it. I can mm-hmm. deal with it if I have to. So. Yeah. When we had one child, we had a relatively new uh, Ford Focus, which wasn't a big deal because we could just put the car seat in the middle seat mm-hmm. in, in the back. And so it wouldn't affect our car. It wasn't very big. And the car seat is pretty big. It takes, like, most car seats will take up a lot of room. So get used to having your knees all the way up to the dash because it's probably going to happen. <laughs> Unless you buy a bigger vehicle, obviously. Um, then, we'll, but when we had Miles and we tried to put both kids in the Focus, it lasted about a month. We're like, no. Oh, really? <laughs> and we went to uh, Ford 
the Ford dealership and bought the Escape so that we could fit both kids. And it's still kind of tight, but they fit, everyone fits. What's the deal right now with front-facing, rear-facing seats? I know the laws have changed. Do you know? Uh, disregard whatever the law says. Keep your child rear-facing for as long. So what do you got to do when you pick out a car seat? Find one that you can have rear-facing for as long as possible. Okay. Because rear-facing is just infinitely safer uh, for... Uh, uh, crash, crash, there's a whole lot of, Bethany is, is another plank of Bethany's platform of child raising too, is rear facing, Miles is still rear facing, he's two and a half. Okay. Because we have, because once you go from, you'll get a car seat that's like the one, you'll, you'll put a base in your car that stays there, and you'll have like a carrier that you can like carry your kid around like by a handle. Mm-hmm. But then when they outgrow that, you'll need a, like a convertible car seat, one that can go forward facing or rear facing. After like six or eight months or something like that. And, um, yeah, get one that will stay rear-facing for the longest amount of time for both weight and height. Mm-hmm. So, like, Miles is as good rear-facing fa- rear up to 40 pounds. Okay. All right. So, like, some of them, uh, they'll, they'll vary by brand and style of, of how far that goes. But that's something you'll have to you'll worry about six months down the road. Okay. So, you can do rear-facing as long, you know, up to a certain weight, and then they're mm-hmm. front-facing up till what age, typically? I I've heard like remember. I've heard like up to twelve, and that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know about twelve. That seems a little unrealistic. Yeah, eventually they'll have to switch over to like a booster seat. Okay. It's just like a simple like booster seat with with handles on it that you just with the normal the seat. seat belt and everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't even know when that is, but I know for us it's we're not close. All know. right. Okay. Not until they get to drive themselves. I think. Yes, exactly. Then you don't need a, actually, I know an adult who needs a booster seat. Mm. Um, he lives in Marquette and plays the piano. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, diapers and wipes. Um, I think those are important. What do you say? Uh, extremely. Extremely. Now, do you guys know if you're going to do any cloth diapering? We have not considered it at all yet. We haven't really thought about that. The doctor's like, do you, what do you think about circumcision? We're like, I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> Like, never had to think about this yet, so I haven't wasted any thought on it. I've not, I did, I was cloth diapered. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, you know, I'm, I'm a hipper hipster, hipster hippie. Uh, I like the idea of cloth diapering. Yes. I understand the work involved. Um, that level of work doesn't really bother me, to be quite yeah. honest. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm not really sure what Megan wants though. Alright, well I'll tell you right now, I'm a lazy person and I didn't have a problem with, with cloth. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Granted Bethany did a lot of the work, a lot of the footwork, a lot of the leg work, whatever it is. Not footwork, that's dancing. A lot of the leg work just to get it set up, like getting the supplies we need, doing the research to find out what is the best brands, the best, most efficient way to do it, the best way to wash them, all that stuff. So she did all the work for it. She just taught me how to do it. Okay. So, and that's, that's all information that I've learned that I can pass along to you very easily. Um, as far and, and even some as far well, we've kind of cleared out a lot of our diaper um, inventory. inventory at this point because we only use a certain amount. Because Miles is still in diapers mm-hmm. and he doesn't really show any interest in, in potty training. <laughs> talk to him about it all the time, and he's like, "No, trying to use the potty? No. Like, Come on, let's go sell the potty. No. Fine." Look, if I was a kid, I'd get, I'd get, I would get away with shitting in my pants as long as I could. Too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so he's still there. I mean, Evelyn really 
I mean, she hasn't even been potty trained for all that long. Hmm. I can't even remember when it was now, but I'm pretty sure it was in this house, so it was in the last year. Uh, so I think part of that, I don't know. They just weren't interested in it. And it's, 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 I'm not really pushing it either. I'm not, some, some parents like will push the issue and the kids will figure it out. But for me, I don't, I don't, I don't really care personally. Just, they'll figure it out. I think my mom said I was like one and a half years old when mm. they did me. So, mm. yeah. Which, which I'm sure she was sick of changing diapers. And she's like, you know yeah. what? You're going to learn this. And like, I, I was pretty amenable to it at that age. So. See, I'm more sick of the process. Like, I don't like the process of them figuring it out and peeing and pooping their pants all the time. Oh, sure. When yeah. It's, when it's not a diaper. When, it's, not, <laughs> when it's undiapered, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we worked with Miles a little bit back uh, a couple of months ago. Hmm. And he was just peeing his pants all day. He oh. just, was, just wasn't interested. And then you got to clean. Yeah, then you got to wash the clothes in addition to yeah. changing a diaper. Either, instead of changing the diaper, which is kind of avoiding the reason for diapers. So yeah, okay. Uh, a diaper bag. I'm guessing if you have diapers, you kind of need a diaper bag. You do, but you can use anything as a diaper bag, man. You can use a backpack. We we used a backpack for years. Like a paper grocery bag with the paper handles that rip off. Can I sure. Use that? Okay. Go for it. Because right. when the handles rip off, you can just grab a new one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's whatever you feel comfortable, whatever you want to carry around with you. You know what I mean? Like, we had an actual, like, diaper bag that was, you know, sold as a diaper bag for a while. But then we we switched it over to this Curious George backpack just because mm-hmm. why not? <laughs> you yeah. know, we had it, and if everything fit, so. I think when we went to the first OB appointment, she handed us a diaper bag that was from a formula company. That I'm yeah. sure they're just like giving away to everybody. And there's like a jar of Similac formula in there or something like that. It's like, here's your yeah. diaper bag. It's yeah. like, okay, all right. Uh-huh. Uh, clothes. Clothes are important, I think. Yeah, don't buy any <laughs> don't because buy- everyone's <laughs> going to give them to you. Okay. You can, you, can, you can go and pick out a few cute outfits if you want to go and pick out, like, their take-home from the hospital outfit, like a special one that's, you know, you can pick something out like that um, if you want. But mm-hmm. you're going to find that that's what people buy for little for newborns. That's kind of what I figured. Everyone said, oh, I saw whatever that – we made – we knit clothes for your kids. Yes, you did. Correctly. You did. I'll probably re-gift it right back. <laughs> if it's a girl, I know there's a really nice dress Megan made for everyone. <laughs> did you – was it – one of your kids got the sweater with the um, like toy trucks as the buttons, or is that one of my nieces and nephews? I don't remember. I don't, I don't recall that. We'll, we'll probably get it back before, <laughs> wherever it is. Uh, a chair to rock in, a rocking chair. I was a big proponent of it. Bethany didn't care. Okay. Uh, I was a big fan of the glider. We bought the cheapest glider at Babies R Us when we went, and we still have it. It's in the kids' room. Um, it's really broken. <laughs> screws and bolts just keep falling off of it we don't know where they're coming from like the whole back shifts back and forth and you lean sideways and it squeaks and it's gonna just fall apart one of these days when you sit in it but um i thought it was great because that was my way of because we had that glider and we would um we had a glider and we had a rocking chair both i preferred the glider because it was less effort i yeah. put my feet up and yeah I you can stick your feet up and you got the rock well, yeah and just like you know, watching TV or putting them to sleep, because Miles like to be rocked to sleep. Evelyn like preferred for me to stand and like actually rock her to sleep. <laughs> okay. So that was my life for the first however many months that was, with me rocking Evelyn to sleep every night. So I had to do it. I saw a picture of a guy and he had like a one week old kid, and he's like, "This is the only way I could get the kid to sleep." And he was eat like eating a piece of cake 
and the, he had his arm out, like, straight in front of him like this, and the baby is lying face down with the arms dangling, and he has the piece <laughs> of cake on the baby's back, and he's eating this cake, and it's like, this is the only way she'd fall asleep. <laughs> well, hey, when you find a way... You, when you, you find a way, you do it, yes. Yeah. Like, we knew, like, with Evelyn, when she would not want to fall asleep, we'd go and you just turn the faucet on full blast and stand with her next to it, and that white noise would just, like, knock her out. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it takes, desperation uh-huh. breeds. You find something, yeah. You will find. You will become creative, and you will uh, go through a lot. Whatever you got to do, yep. you can take go to sleep. All right, so Megan's gonna nurse. It sounds like good. Um, uh, and there's a bunch of stuff related to that breast pump. I, I, if she's going to keep working, she's going to need a breast pump. Yep. Um, and you want one of the automatic ones? Don't do the handheld crap. Ooh, automatic. I write that one down. Yeah. I'm like, I'll pump them for you. And she's like, no. Not you can probably get one for free through your insurance. You can find out. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, find out through your insurance provider because that might be something that they can they'll cover 100%. So. And uh, bottles, yes, obviously. And a boppy? You know what a boppy is? I do. We uh we just saw ours at my mom's when we were there for Thanksgiving. Okay. What do you mean uh, you saw it there? It was, it was we gave it to my mom to put in storage in her basement. Oh, 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 there. Okay, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, so people, for people who don't know, and I didn't know, a boppy kind of looks like you know if you're flying on an airplane and you have that neck pillow that's like shaped like a toilet seat. It's kind of like that, but bigger, and it goes around your belly, and then the, it kind of pushes up the baby to breastfeed easier. Correct. Yeah, and even not only that, it's even when you're just, it helps. Give your arm a break. Gives you something to rest your arm on when you're holding them, like, uh, or just when you if you're sitting like on the couch or in a chair, or whatever, and you're holding them. If you put the bop in underneath you, then you can, you can rest your arm on it. You can hold them in a more comfortable position. Okay. So it'll work for you too. I mean, it, it's it's a, I I thought it was great. I use it all the time, and I would also you're not supposed to, but I would put the boppy like on the couch mm-hmm. and then lay Evelyn on the boppy <laughs> like her neck on it. So she would just be, like, if she fell asleep, and I would go and do whatever I needed to do, and she would just sleep on the couch in the boppy. Okay. Not supposed to do that because they could, like, roll off the couch or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But she didn't roll over. I don't think she still hasn't rolled over, I think. Oh, really? It's <laughs> a joke, but she never, like, she never. Okay. I thought you'd roll over at, like, six months or something. Yeah, she never rolled over. It just never happened. Huh. We'd put her on her belly to curl. She never figured out rolling over. And she didn't crawl until forever, like, a year. Wow. She didn't walk until like she was over seventeen months. I want to say it was when she walked. Oh really? Okay. So and Miles was walking at ten months. So you just wow. I know I walked after a year because mm-hmm. my mom showed me like the first year calendar, and there's all these stickers for like walks, runs, crawls, and like she got to the twelve month and like all the walk, run, crawls with an arrow pointing. Like this was after this. After that, yeah. Yeah. After that, this kid was not ambulatory. Yeah, um, and, you know, it's really fun, too, because as far as keeping a baby book goes, like, we kept one, you know, okay for Evelyn, and then when Miles came along, there was nothing. <laughs> well, we Me- Megan has, like, a pregnancy little binder that she's writing in weekly and writing any test stuff in, or, like, just, like, a little moleskin notebook and how she yeah. feels this week and what size her belly is. And she has, like, the pregnancy test still sitting in our bathroom, just, mm-hmm. like, on a little paper plate, just sitting there. And I'm like, you gonna save those? Cause you peed on them. She's like, maybe. You know. Yeah. No, it's a, it's um, it's a big deal. You know. Oh, I mean, absolutely, it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it was a, a thing that signified a big moment that changed your lives. You know. Yeah. Um, bath adapter. I don't know what this is. Something to make your bathtub smaller. 
Oh, for forgiven tubs, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, we just used like a bucket, like a we ha- we bought a tub, which we you could probably have. Um, <laughs> okay. Like a, we had two different ones actually, depending on how you want to do it. I mean, you can. We had a little like whale tub that they could sit in, mm-hmm. and, and we just gave our kids tubs like on the kitchen table. Oh, okay. For, for a while, like we would just bring you know a Dutch oven full of hot water and dump it in there and. And then eventually, once we went into the tub, we had like a tub that sat in the tub. Mm-hmm. That's what we did at least. And then, and then eventually, just went in the tub regular. So okay. As far as like cutting off the tub, so the whole tub isn't full. However you want to do it, we didn't have that. But all right, because I feel our tub is too. I mean, our tub is not very deep, but I don't know how deep of a tub you want for a baby. Probably yeah, not very. Uh, no, especially when they can't sit upright for like a long time. You're gonna want to have like a standalone. Tub that they can lay in. It's like out of like a forty-five degree angle. Oh sure, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just set them in, and there's like a little thing for their butt to go on, so they don't slide in. Oh, and cool. Okay. Them that way. We had that. It was like a whale, like I said. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, bouncy seat. I'm not sure what this is specifically either. Uh, the bouncy seat was uh, essential. Was absolutely essential for both of my children. That was a place where you could put them. For their naps during the day, and it would be something that you could just put on the floor and bounce with your foot, and it would vibrate. Uh, that was the main concept. Without the bouncy seat, I don't know what I would have done. So is this like the thing that they can kind of stand up in, but not really, and they bounce no. in it? It's the same thing. Where it's like at a forty-five degree angle, and they lay in it, and it's kind of got like a wire—not wire, but like a thin like metal a, mm-hmm. frame to it, and so it kind of bounced a little bit. Okay. And ours, ours that we had would vibrate, and um, they would just fall asleep in it. It was great, and then they would just chill on that. Miles would roll over in it. <laughs> Miles was, you know, a, a real go-getter from the beginning. But both kids would just hang out, and I would just grab the whole bouncy seat and carry them from room to room. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, just, they, they like lived in that thing. I was, you gotta get a bouncy seat. Okay. Uh, diaper bag and burp towels. I'm thinking that's pretty mm-hmm. important. Awesome. What we did for burp towels is we just went, like, they have, like, these single-layer cloth diapers that you could buy at, like, Walmart or Target that were, um, they're supposed to be diapers, but they were great for burp cloths, too. Okay. Uh, and then pacifier with a question mark behind it, she wrote down, and I'm not sure why. Well, maybe she's thinking about not doing passies, but... What other option is there? Just nothing, I guess. Just, like, like what, I don't know what happens if you don't have, you just give them your finger, and, like... What's the point of the pacifier in the first place? Yeah, well, the pacifier is, you know, it simulates sucking, which is a soothing thing to children. And we we gave passes to both of our kids, and we were able to break them of the passes pretty easily, especially Miles. We just one day stopped giving them to him, and he did not care. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I always feel kind of weird when I'm in public and I see like a three year old with a pacifier. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I know what you mean. Throw some balls and cut that thing off. Yes. You know, like, like for our kids, like, it was a little rough because we'd give them passes at night, and that's how they fell asleep, because moms would be screaming, or Evie would be screaming, and you just put that passing in the mouth, and they'd stop. Mm-hmm. It was great. So when you took that away, you didn't have that anymore, and you had to get creative and find a new way. Yeah. Uh, it's like not wearing a condom anymore. You're like, oh, is it going to... Sorry, that's not really a good analogy. No, not <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I don't see a problem with using pacifiers. We did. Okay. Yeah, I guess, is there some sort of a movement against them? Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. There if, probably is. 
We're moving is there like a there's like a crunchy mama movement, like anti pacifier movement? I have no idea, but there probably is. <laughs> there are probably anti diaper people out there. You know, what? just let your kid poop. Uh, there are actually. There's a whole uh, uh, what is it? Um, what is it called? Elimination demonstration or something, whatever it's called. Oh, I gotta look into this. Oh, where man. you just like hover your kids over the toilet. Oh, and, and then they just like learn that this is the place to go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that like Bridget Robart was doing that. It's kind of what you do with a dog. You just like take them outside until they poop, and then bring them back in. Yeah, give them a give them a treat to let them know that that's what they want. That's what they want. Yeah. Huh? I didn't know that. Elimination demonstration. I don't um, know if that's. I was limited. I think that's what it's called. Elimination I'll, something. I'll look it up. And then baby monitor. Yeah, we used ours until about a couple months ago. So. Because mm-hmm. especially if you're going to be in the other room, I always wanted to know if I could hear him waking up. Yeah. So what's wrong with like? All right, I'm in the other room. My baby's crying. Some people in in the crib, like at night. Some people let him cry back to sleep, or like, how does that? Work? Yeah, that would be called cry it out. Cry it out. Okay. I'm not a fan of cry it out. Uh, children haven't developed those coping mechanisms yet to put themselves back to sleep, so they're just going to feel neglected. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a problem. With that. Some people feel completely the opposite of me of that. So uh, it depends on who you want to listen to. Um, for me, I would rather be there for them and know that I know, have them know that I'm there for them. Yeah. Instead of having any sort of feeling of abandonment. Okay. And there's the other option, the way of thinking is like, well, you're coddling them and letting them not, you know, um, not figure it out on their own. Exactly. But to me, they, they're too young to figure that out on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They I understand need, what you mean. Yeah. They need to be taken care of by you. So just because you figured out a way to not take care of your kid for five minutes or 10, 20 minutes, whatever. Uh, that's on you, buddy. But for me, I'm going to go pick up my kid and, and cuddle them and, and comfort them and make them feel and let them know that everything's going to be okay because they're obviously crying for a reason. They have no other way of communicating that something's wrong. Yeah, I understand that. Okay. Yeah, you mean, it's sort of do you want to be nurturing or not? I guess it's the way I see it. And yeah. you obviously want to be nurturing if you want the kid to be well-adjusted. That's what most people think. You know, a child neglect is pretty terrible later in life. And it tends to breed all kinds of psychological and social problems. Absolutely. But, I mean, as you said, your kids couldn't handle going to the Predators game at six months old. Mm-hmm. They can handle the sensory overload. You can't be just like, get used to it. You know, this right. is normal. Right, they don't have that that coping mechanism yet. I mean, there's some of it in there a little bit, but it's 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 not developed yet, man. You gotta you gotta comfort your child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just what I'm very I I I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, some you people, you kind of have a moral responsibility to at a certain point now. Like, and you you may read a great argument for it and be like, okay, mm-hmm. I I I'll, I'll, I'm convinced that that's worth a shot. But I never read a good convincing enough argument to say that it was a good thing to do. Um, one of my cousin's kids, when she was a baby, uh, they gave her a bottle in bed when she was crying mm. and that ended up rotting out all of her baby teeth. And <laughs> so they, she ended up like getting metal, metal caps on all of her teeth. So she'd smile and look like a grill, oh. like, like a rapper's grill, like all metal all the way across. So I know not to do that at yeah. least. Uh-huh. So, yeah. all right. So that's the list. So we got... Six months to kill, right? And sometimes I'm like, I wish this baby would just come. Like, I'm sick of waiting. <laughs> I know yeah. it's not ready yet. Yeah. But like, it's a, it's, a, it's a torturous wait for sure, especially when you have everything ready to go. 
I mean, if you if you if you get everything ready to go like really early and you're just kind of waiting like around, waiting around, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Not quite there yet. We haven't done anything. There's going to be some type of mini baby shower when Megan's family all gets together for Christmas. And another thing is, Megan's brother's wife is also due like two weeks before us. That's right. I remember that. You yeah. mentioned that before. So it's going to be complicated because of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, which is funny because <laughs> they told us they weren't having kids for a couple of years, but I guess not. Uh-huh. Shit happens. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, we're kind of in a little bit of hurry up and wait, but we're, there's probably going to be maybe another baby shower in Michigan at some point in time when things are further along, mm-hmm. low, lower Michigan. But yep. I don't know. My mom's excited. My Megan's mom is, is, yeah, Megan's mom is totally excited. Uh huh. So yeah, there you go. Um, so that's what's going on in our lives. Um, do you want to do the UP game really quick? Let's do the UP game really quick. All right, you got a number between one and two hundred eighty. You pick it. Okay. Um. Uh, one fourteen. One fourteen. Herman. Anybody know anything about Herman? Mm-mm. Herman. I gotta look it up. Herman. Cheryl Herman. Shh. Dale Herman. Yeah. Dale Herman. Herman, Michigan. Herman is an unincorporated community farming district in Lawrence Township of Berga in the U.S. state of Michigan. It looks like it's in the middle of nowhere, um, just south of Lawrence. Great. So, yeah, Herman. It just, uh, just had a... Uh, settlement founded by Herman Car- Herman Karanen. He was born in Pualanka, Ulanlani in Finland. Uh, mm-hmm. Lumber camp, blah, blah, blah. Po- there was a post office no longer. Um, December 19th. 1996, the town received the single largest snowfall in Michigan history, with 30 inches falling in a single day. Whew. There you go. Other early residents include Matt Anderson, Gust Cantio, Erki Kaimaro, Nels Maiano, Jacob Kubisto, Henry Passanen, Joseph Pekola, and Eli Corpi. There you go. Mm. So I'm going to give her, Herman, uh, I'll give it to Carl Bonax, just for existing and having all these, having all that snowfall. You know what I mean? One Carl Bonac, because it is, I've never heard of it, and the other snowfall thing is cool, so I'll give it less than zero. Less more than, than zero, I mean. More than zero is what I mean to say. More than zero. More than words. Uh, okay. Well, we're done. Thanks for doing there this. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, talk to you later, and uh, have fun, everybody, I guess. Yeah. Let All me right. know if you need any more baby problems, because we're going to be solving them right here on Podcast Radio. Alan Lomax, his name ring a bell. He's an ethnomusicologist. He died a couple years ago. 
he apparently drove up through the UP in 1938 and recorded a bunch of folk music from a whole bunch of different people. And then he like, there's a bunch of, there's a Croatian community in the Copper Country and there's like stuff in UN and a bunch of French Canadians in Berga, like Berga and Lanz. So that kind of makes sense. And he recorded all their music. And then I'm looking at the list and they released all the music in like five CDs. And I'm looking at the list and number 21, Haraman Puki, Old Man's Goat, performed by Matti Parella. <laughs> Sweet. So I don't know if your brother got the DeLorean out, but I got to hear this if I can yes, find it. Do. 